Thank you for tuning in and listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about the Black Armory Forges. We did watch in between this talk and the Q&A, the new trailer from Bungie looking really, really cool. A lot of cool weapons and cool exotics. Also hearing that the Forges are going to have random roll weapons that have been data mined. So that's exciting that random rolls will be in the Forge. You're not just making the exotics and then being done. So that's pretty good. I talked about how it's exciting to have more Horde mode content. Very exciting to have matchmaking. People said it is a three-man activity, but it does have matchmaking. And exciting to hear that the random rolls are there. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage, or follow me on Twitter at say no to rage. And let's just jump right into the questions. Rain dance with the first question. Where do you think the breakneck shines most? Where is it the weakest? Uh, it's basically great for all content, honestly, as long as you know when, you know, when to use it and how to use it. I used it in the raid at Riven, worked perfectly fine there. Uh, you can use it, you know, in public events, lost sectors. It's good in Gambit. You just have to be careful. You get the guys with physical shields. It can be a little bit tough because it's kind of a, it's kind of a pea shooter if you don't have the stacks, like if you're not running, um, if you're not running stacks on it, then it is a bit of a pea shooter. Uh, so you got to kind of watch and be careful. Uh, it doesn't really give you the, um, it doesn't really give you the damage that you may be accustomed to uh, if you get used to that rampage and then you start shooting like a, you start shooting a, you know, a red bar enemy or something. It can be really, really fun with chromatic fire uh, on the warlock because of the getting those firefly bursts on those kills. You can turn into a kind of a crazy weapon. And you can see now, uh, just in the public event space, just really, really good about it. You get that first kill and man, oh man, it just starts to rip. Uh, I'm tempted to turn game sound on just for a little bit for the folks listening or watching uh, in other places. Let me give you some game sound just for a second so you can hear this thing kind of go crazy. Uh, We're going to go over here and get a kill because that's really what makes it fun to use as well as you hear that, that fire rate tick up. You see there, just just able to absolutely cut through everybody there. Now, again, obviously I'm on a public space, so I'm not being particularly challenged, and that's okay. Um, I think if you take it into Gambit or endgame content and you use it efficiently, it's going to feel like a very strong primary. Uh, it's not going to outshine, you know, this is where I think people sometimes lose sight of things. It's not going to outshine, like, a really, really strong... Um, a really, really strong hand cannon. Hand cannon is just so good at stunning. It's not going to outshine it. It's going to match the efficiency of a really good hand cannon as long as you're using it, you know, intelligently. Uh, The other thing to consider is it's really, really fun to use. So I would encourage you to go after the breakneck. I know Gambit's frustrating and not that fun, uh, especially solo queue. I was doing solo queue off stream just to kind of grind through the 40 games. And it can be infuriating if people aren't paying attention, people aren't doing the right things at the right time. It can really, really take you to the red zone and not be a fun experience. But as you're seeing now, just there, being able to maintain the rampage times three and just obviously again we're just in a lost sector we're not being particularly challenged here but what a fun primary weapon just a one size fits all cut through the competition 
and we're seeing videos of people using it in crucible and having really good efficiency with it there too because once it really starts to spin up i honestly told people today i really feel like i'm using the suros it takes me back to running the suros with spinning up uh, and it feels really, really good. It feels like a mini exotic, which is exactly, I've said before, what pinnacle weapons should feel like. They should feel like a slight step below an exotic, just so they're they're fun to use, but they're also really, really cool uh, to handle. Like, you don't want it to just be fun. Uh, it needs to be efficient as well. And a lot of the times, pivoting from your token kinetic or your token primary, one of the reasons I think that people tend to not do that is because they don't really feel like it gets any better. You know, they'll switch to an auto rifle and they're like, it's just not it's not any better or it's not as good. I don't really feel that uh, with this gun. I'm not missing my hand cannon. Usually when I switch off of a hand cannon, I'm immediately like, yeah, this really isn't doing the job. But the breakneck is, I think, awesome. Uh, Gwyn's First Knight says, Hey, Lono, what do you think about the loaded question? I think the Icolos is still the best special we weapon. The loaded question is terrible, uh, honestly. I've seen videos where, you know, YouTubers are like, This is a great weapon, you should go after it. And I'm like, I don't know what the frick weapon they're using, uh, but I found it to be horrible. Uh, the other thing about it. I wrote a post on Reddit kind of giving my thoughts. It actually did really well. I don't really do the whole Reddit thing. and I, It got a ton of upvotes, like 400-something upvotes, over 100 comments, uh, good back and forth with the community there. I may start doing that more, but the, basically everybody agreed that the charge time is so low, it just doesn't function how it's supposed to. As a mid-tier weapon that you're going to want to kind of bump and bounce majors you know you want to bust a major or a shield you know shielded major or you want the explosion to really be worth it now people are like oh if you throw it on a rally barricade if you throw it on a luna faction rift okay the problem with that is right i hear where people are coming from the problem with that is you should never give me a pinnacle weapon and then you're like yeah it's not very good unless you do all these things to make it better right Oh, you got to run this. You got to put this exotic on. You got to run this. You got to stand here. You got to do this way. I mean, I get where people are coming from. They're like, hey, if you use it in this way, it can rival Merciless, right? You slap it on a, you know, a Luna Faction Rift or a Rally Barricade. Uh, it, you know, it can. And I apologize for the sound above. We're doing a question and answer later in the day than usual. And my family is upstairs. I don't know what they're doing. I guess dragging marbles across the floor or something. So love to have the background sound on my podcast for you. Sorry about that. Um, and there is some more sound for you. Uh, so the, the situational dependency of the weapon makes it not feel pinnacle. Like, I just, I shouldn't, I should not have to hold the weapon's hand. And I feel like I have to hold the weapon's hand. It's like, yeah, it's basically not very good unless you do all these situational things. Like, it's got to be a boss, and using it on a boss, you're going to want to use Lunafaction or a Rally. Uh, if you're a hunter, I guess you're just, you know, SOL, and you, you're not going to get good performance out of it. Uh, and I don't know. It's just, it needs help on one end of the spectrum, right? You got to help it on one end of the spectrum. Either you're going to either you're going to give me the ability to like get a multi kill and put ammo back into the into the gun, right? That's that's an idea that I had or back into reserves. So basically you turn it into like a if you get multi kills, it's going to have really really good ammo economy because you're going to be constantly um 
getting the ammo back on multi kills. You put it back into the you know into the chamber. You could chain the multi kills. You could be like, here's an explosion. I got the round back. Here's an explosion. I got the round back. Or at the bare minimum, give it the backup plan perk. If you gave it the backup plan perk, it, you know it might uh, it might work a whole lot better than it does now. Uh, the the, the nature of, of pulling it out to bust a shield and having it charged so slow just makes the weapon feel contradictory. It's like, I, I pull this out to do to bust a shield or bust a major and the charge time is so slow, a lot of majors will just teleport or spin out of the way before the shot even comes out of the gun because the charge time is so low. Now, I know in the video that I saw, he was using it in Crucible. It seemed like a pretty good Crucible weapon if you put on the right perks and you get enough special ammo to fill it up. It seemed to be absolutely deadly in the Crucible. But again, you're kind of having to hold the weapon's hand. It's not designed to be a Crucible weapon in my estimation. So, all right, see you, Silent. So... FWC Guardian. Lone, do you think Bungie leaving the soft cap at 500 is a good thing? I personally think if most players are in wait and see mode, Bungie shouldn't leave a massive grind in front of them for just returning players. My only thought would be is that they're gonna they're gonna make the the, the grind from 500 to 550. Uh, they're gonna make it a whole lot quicker. Um, cause I I can't see it being cause it's only milestones at that point. I just I don't know. I can't see them saying. You know, it's going to be a because I mean, when you do, I mean, we're all saving bounties and stuff and trying to like speed it up so that whenever you know the time comes, we're going to have everything go a whole lot quicker. Uh, I don't know if if you're only getting really, really small jumps from you know Ikora and Hawthorne and the like, then my concern would really be that you're just not going to feel like you're getting much accomplished. Um. It, it like what's what's the benefit of saying there's a 50 level increase if that 50 level increase takes so unbelievably long that nobody pays any attention to it so we'll have to wait and see i would think they're going to uptick the milestone rewards um below 550 get an increased rate of prime engrams and a better boost from powerful rewards has that been officially announced so if you're under 550 you're going to get an increased rate of primes dropping and better boost from powerful rewards like that is if that's official and that's been announced and that's literally what i was just saying i can imagine them saying you're going to jump a lot faster now because the only way you're leveling is with powerfuls uh with milestones and with primes so Sasquatch. Oh, it was in the TWAB. That's official. There you go. Okay, that's good to hear. Uh, that's good to hear. Sasquatch. Thoughts on ghost projections? Uh, I think they were kind of uh, neat at first, but a waste of development time to be updated for seasons and events. Such a small cosmetic. Um, it's really presumptive to say whether or not something is a waste of development time because you don't know who is working on it and you don't know how much time they're spending on it and you don't know what else they could possibly be working on. So it's really presumptive to be like, oh, this seems like a waste of development time. I mean, according to who? Like, who who told you that? You know what I mean? Did a Bungie employee say, well, we could have made the content a whole lot better and added a whole lot more cool stuff, but I was working on ghost projections. You see what I'm saying? So I don't I don't generally think that's a, uh, a conclusion you can come to, especially considering usually the teams that work on that stuff, they're going to be working on some type of cosmetic anyway, right? So, 
I just hit 500 at 650 tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll be able to jump from 500 up to the, you know, up to 550 quite a bit faster. It'll be interesting how you go from 550 to 650 though. Like, how is that going to feel? If they're officially bumping people who are really on the low end, like the person, like the question asked, like, what about the people who are still sitting on the fence? At least they know they can come back in and if they're below 550, they can get kind of a, they can get kind of a good kick in the pants. They can get a good jump, but, um, I just don't know if, uh, if that's going to be enough for people to feel like, you know, this is, this is enough, you know, is that just a cash? Dreaming city caches or is that both? No, I need the, I need the, I need the resource one. Hang on. I got to switch ghosts. Uh, get my raid ghost here. Um, so, uh, next question Twitching with rage. Do you think the weapons in the armory will be uh, will put people who don't have the NFS at a major disadvantage? I don't really care. <clears throat> I don't really care, and I know that sounds callous, but like, if if we're constantly worried about, oh no, we can't design cool stuff because there's going to be people in the mix that didn't want to spend any money then what the frick? Oh, so the people that did spend money get get crappier or neutered equipment? Like, well, we were going to give you really cool stuff in the Black Armory that was going to be really fun and saucy and strong, but we don't want to put the people at a disadvantage who aren't spending money, so you're basically spending your money on on superfluous crap. You know, you see what I'm saying? Like, if, if I'm going to reward somebody and make sure they're feeling treated right, I'm going to do it to the people that are spending money. Like... I don't know. And I know and again, I know that sounds callous like, well, I can't afford it. I just who are these people? And I know look, listen. I don't want to sound like a total D-bag. I know times can get tough, and I know sometimes you're check to check and the $30 for the annual pass will literally take food off the table. Like you just fall on hard times, right? At that point, at that point, the concern of Bungie is not that person. What are we going to do about the person who literally can't afford $30? We better make sure and not give any, you know, any good gear to the people who spent money. I just, I think that reasoning really short circuit really, really fast. If you can afford Xbox Live and internet connection and all the other things required to play Destiny, then I feel like you can plan accordingly. Like, you've known about the annual pass for a really, really long time, and I believe that you could plan accordingly and set the $30 aside. In the event that you are unable to do that you're either a kid without a job maybe your parents aren't willing to spend the money or you legit can't spend the money um then you know i feel bad for you but i don't want things to be built for you like the the disadvantages that you'll be at you know oh well we can't make good stuff so again that has depreciating returns you know as a business if you're like no let's not give good things to the people that spent money eventually the people that spend money are gonna be like okay now now's the time you like you got to really start to reward us and give us you know and give us stuff here um instead of making us feel like we're uh we're just buying cosmetic things to look cool so i know it's tough man i know it's tough when you can't afford the things you want it's a huge huge bummer and it'd be even a bigger bummer to like go into the crucible and be getting killed by some black armory weapon that's like really strong but I don't think Bungie can legislate to that. It's not their responsibility to be concerned about those who aren't going to buy unwillingly or people that can't buy. 
uh, Gub Gub says, do you think there will be uh, new legendary armor sets that come with the forge also? I've seen the ray gear, so I'm hoping I can have a cool set of grindable armor. I would hope so. I, I don't know if the Vanguard or Gambit are going to get you know new armor sets or if the Crucible is going to get new armor sets. Maybe somebody has uh, figured that out. So... Yeah, I um, I don't honestly know. I would love to have armor sets in the forge. That was something that I'd said about the blind well. Um, I've got a video about the blind well, and that was one of the things I said was that it just doesn't make sense to me to have grindable encounters. You know, a loop of content, right? You got a you got a content loop, and you're not giving me the ability uh, or an incentive to run it multiple times beyond like once I get the roll on the gun that I want. Now, I know sometimes it can get tough because there's a lot that they have to do with respect to building that gear, but given random rolls and we know they can create really dope-looking stuff, I don't give them a pass on that stuff. Um, I really don't. I don't give you a pass. Like, Bungie can create dope-looking armor. We know what the random rolls, you know, how that functions, and I would think it'd be a pretty easy win for them. So, brand new sub from Eric. Thank you so much for using your Prime sub here, and hopefully I thanked Momentum Shift for four months of subs. Thanks so much. I miss. I might have missed that one. Um, burying in another public event. Okay, that's not that hard. So, I hope it does have grindable armor. I hope the perks are cool, too. Or maybe they introduce new armor perks. I don't know. Designs Toby says, Is there a day one emblem for the upcoming raid? Uh, I have no idea. They've not said. All Might. Hey, Lono, what do you think about buffing Reservoir Burst on the loaded question to be like a reverse high-impact reserve so the first three or four shots get the perk bonus? Yeah, I put that on Reddit, and there were people like, so you basically want it to be a legendary Merciless because I said it should start with the damage buff and the damage should trick down, and as it trickles down, your shots get faster and faster, and they're like, so you want a legendary Merciless? And I was like, well, no, not necessarily. The Merciless has the increasing fire rate based on non-lethal shots and it's it's mainly built for uh it's mainly built for boss damage because you're just gonna dump you know dump into the boss and maintain it when you put them on a rally barricade or luna faction you can just kind of keep on going and i know that if this thing started with damage increase and then you know slowly lost it but then got faster and faster it would essentially maybe outshine the merciless i think there would be ways to tweak the merciless to make up that difference maybe i don't know there's a lot of things they could do there's a lot of things they could do with the loaded question to make it better anything anything that we've suggested would make it better than it presently is uh because as it stands right now it just isn't worth using there are other legendary fusions that are just better because you can rip off that first shot faster uh and then obviously if they roll with perks I don't even know. Can fusions? I would assume fusions could roll with Genesis because if they could roll with Genesis, um, that would make uh, a pretty good uh, difference as well. I don't want to start the patrol. I want the Baryon. Well, that's a that's that's rude. That's really rude to make me take the patrol. <laughs> uh, and then there's like a what is this? This is like a what is this? A booby trap that you got right next to the lady? Uh, next question from Ruku. Will the new horde mode, uh, with the new horde mode, and that will have matchmaking, do you think Bungie could revisit Escalation Protocol Blindwell with matchmaking and rewards to make 
them relevant. Uh, I don't know. They, they could always do the Haunted Forest treatment of pretty much anything, right? Any of the content that's out there, they could give it the Haunted Forest treatment. They could say, all right, um, this, this free event that's coming out or whatever, we're going to add this thing and you're going to go back into the Escalation Protocol environment. We're adding matchmaking and there's new loot, new guns, etc. And the bosses are a little bit different. I think that's a good move. And people are like, oh, recycled content. It's like, if they build containers and those containers are really, really fun to interact with, um, then I don't see why anybody would care. Uh, I don't know. I don't see anybody, anybody would be concerned about them doing that. I know people get like really up in arms about recycled content, but for me, I'm always going to err on the side of if the content's good and fun and you can get more life out of it, then get more life out of it. Don't just leave it on the shelf. Like when they did that with the haunted forest, I thought it was such a smart play because we all knew that the infinite forest had potential and it just wasn't really getting tapped into. It wasn't even really getting used. Uh, and so I was actually happy uh, to see it because there, there was just nothing really going on with the uh, the Infinite Force up till then. I personally don't know if they went far enough. I would have want, I wanted to see uh, the Haunted Forest, get, you know, with loot inside. So when you're running the content loop, there's you know the chance to get cooler rolls or whatever. Uh, I thought there was a missed opportunity there where they could have gone. They could have gone further than they did because uh, as it stands. It was basically just a reason to grind for a currency, and then when you were done grinding for the currency, uh, you were basically done with the content. So, um, there wasn't really a reason to go back in. Now, obviously, on multiple characters, you could say, okay, I'm going to do multiple characters and then get the auto rifle, and people were doing that so they could get the... uh, I was doing it at least so I could get the enhancement cores. At the time, uh, they were called Masterwork Cores, uh, so I could I could definitely see that being a reason, but that was I don't think that was like a good enough reason uh, personally. So trying to trying to get this thing heroic by yourself is actually really difficult. So we're gonna see if we can do it. This guy showing up might help. Uh, so let's see if we can do it. Uh, the next question coming in from uh, another one from Sasquatch says. Uh, man, I need, I need auto rifle reloader. I think that one got in. It says, we haven't seen anything about the black type weapons, whether they are considered exotics, legendaries, or would, or could have been exotic black legendary loadout. Again, this is why I don't, this is exactly why I don't look at leaks. Because I think leaks give us a false sense of either entitlement or a false sense of, you know, expectations and things that I don't think is healthy. There's, there's literally no way to know... Uh, there's literally no way to know what that was. It could have been a placeholder. Uh, it could have been, you know, a code name for something. It could have been anything. Uh, we don't know if they're if it's if it's even a thing that they're going to be adding. It literally could have been just the, the a placeholder for the legendary weapons in each forge, and they decided to initially call them black, you know, black weapons or something. Now, I don't know if there's more data mining that's happened to, you know, confirm this, to say yay or nay in a direction, uh, or or if it did, in fact, uh, 
you know, get get data mined accurately. I honestly don't know. I think we missed one again. I literally think I shot one just there with the uh, oops with the shotgun and it didn't count it. Like I shot it through the the structure. I hate this public event. Um, Seven Uno. What kind of improvements do you think Bungie will do for Trials of the Nine? Uh, do you think they're purposely holding it back? To extend the life cycle of D2. I don't think they're purposely holding it back. No. I think that the content, I think the content's not ready. Uh, and I think it's because I don't think that they're they're really thrilled with where PvP is gonna go competitively. Um, I think that they're always trying new things. And I think when they try new things, they just have to admit in a very general way. Uh, you know, they have to admit in a very general way that it's it's in transition and competitive is kind of not great. Power ammo shows up too often. Like, there's all kind of issues with map design, uh, weapon imbalance, exotic imbalance. Like, there's a handful of things that just make Crucible rough. And not only makes Crucible rough, but makes Crucible worse in areas where it gets competitive. I think trials would just become an absolute dumpster fire, personally. Um, comp, comp and trials brings out the 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 worst in the community, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like people just turn to douchebags, right? It just brings out the worst in the community. There's the ddosing, there's the cheating, there's the I don't know. There's all kind of things that come out, and given the way that the meta can get kind of unfun and frustrating. Um, it then sets like a real toxic air, you know, and I ranted last night, right? I ranted and raved last night where, uh, you know, I said, let me, let me give you a little news flash. Crucible's never been good. There's like one season of Crucible that everybody looks back fondly on is like, if we could only go back to that one time, you know, in four years, Bungie's never gotten the Crucible to a place where you could say, this is like a long drawn out golden age of the crucible it's been bad for a long long time and we're always like oh it could get better if they do this oh it could be better if they do that i just i i just i really think we're under some delusion that crucible's ever going to get to a point where it's not a pendulum swinging meta with overpowered exotics and weapons that everyone flocks to like, I don't know if it's ever going to not be like that since it's been like that for four years. That's why I said last night, I was like, newsflash, you know, Crucible's never been good. It's always been like this. It's always been constantly complained about by the community. It's always been constantly in a state of, like, imbalance and meta, meta like, swinging where it's like one, you know, one meta to the next. What are we going to complain about now? Shotguns too prevalent. Now it's fusion rifles and icebreaker. You know, now it's if you don't have Lunas and you go in face a team that's got Lunas, it's almost impossible to win. Power ammo shows up too much. There's, you know, the Gwissen vest. There's the one-eyed mask. There's all these exotics that people are like, this is broken, that's broken. Spectral Blades, Nova Warp was too strong. Like, like this is just the ever-present state of Crucible. You know what I mean? I I feel like the era of Crucible being good was so short-lived, and even then there were probably tons of people in the community that complained. You know, all I do is get killed by Hawksaw. All I do is get killed by, you know, hand cans, whatever. I just don't know if we've ever gotten to the point where uh, Crucible hasn't been constantly complained about and, and constantly hasn't been a headache and a thorn uh, for... Uh, 
the PvE side of the game. Man, if we could only get this, this would be really strong. Or, oh, if you could only change this on this weapon, it's like, well, it would break Crucible, right? And now Gambit's becoming that, isn't it? You know, Gambit's becoming this thorn in the side of the game. It's like, well, we better nerf that. We better nerf aim assist on Sleeper. It's problematic in, cru- in, in Gambit. So we get a, a prized weapon uh, nerfed with respect to aim assist, and... Uh, and then Queenbreaker just takes its place. So the nerf achieves nothing but hurting, you know, hurting how good, uh, how good Sleeper feels. So, Lono said Thorn, Thorn Return confirmed. Right. Leo, Leo, Leoeda91 uh, says, if I wait for the Black Armory to drop, can I get Pinnacle Weapons to drop higher? Nobody knows. The assumption is that no, the pinnacle weapons will not drop higher. Uh, so I would say there's no reason to wait. Now, if they do drop higher, you know, I, I guess you can come blame me. I mean, you have a whole day to wait. If you're, you know, if you've waited this long, you probably wait a little bit longer uh, to 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 cash in on it. I wanted to get the breakneck. I didn't want to wait. You know, it took a while to grind. Um, Kamikaze. Have you or any other hardcore players thought uh, through an order that we should grind the milestones tomorrow? Uh, There's no silver bullet. Thanks, Mama. There's no silver bullet uh, to to the grind of milestones. You could do the big milestones first and get really big jumps and then do the small milestones next, right? I would say you do the big ones first just because we're all going in at 600. All your weapons, all your armor, it's all 600. So big jumps first is great because then the small jumps are going to be small jumps in accordance to big jumps that have already happened. So that would be my advice. Do your big ones, your dreaming cities, uh, your raids, stuff like that. Do that first, get those big jumps, then loop back around and do all the small jumps and you're probably going to feel like you're, you've, you've gotten better jumps out of the smalls. Now, someone might say, well, small jumps could serve the same purpose because you could basically get small jumps off of 600, which is going to give you a, a higher ground to feed the big jumps. It's six of one, half a dozen of the other. Like, I don't know if there's a right or a wrong way to approach it. I think there's sound reason behind uh, both approaches uh, to leveling that you're not necessarily going to feel like you really hurt yourself by, by you know, doing them in a different order than somebody else. It's all RNG, right? So your buddy's going to swear by his method, be like, dude, do your bigs first. You do your bigs first. What if the, your first big milestone gives you a kinetic and your second big milestone gives you a kinetic? Well, you just got screwed. You know what I'm saying? You just got completely and utterly screwed because now you wasted a big... And if it would have been as small, it wouldn't have been as painful. Well, there's no way for you to know how that's going to play out. It's all luck. You could literally get a kinetic, and then a sec, and then a, and then a, and then a energy, and then a, and then a heavy, all for your bigs. And that's great because weapons are the mo- you know are transferable between uh, classes. So. I don't even know either if it would be smart to do all your bigs on one character, pass the weapons to another character, and then do all the bigs on that character, basically to try to get the highest level weapons that you possibly can before doing all the smalls on your characters. I don't know. I mean, somebody would have to kind of think through and calculate the math of saying, like, would it be better to do all your bigs, 
on one character, pass any weapons you get, go to the next character, do all your bigs on that character. Uh, I honestly don't know. I do not know if there's mathematical logic behind that. Uh, genuinely not sure. Because you 100% could potentially get bigger jumps that way, or if, you know, if RNG says no, then you're screwed, you know? Uh, and then you wouldn't, you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't get it. You wouldn't get the big jumps. You get a couple guns in a row, you get it, you get three boots in a row from big drops, and you're going to be really, really hurting, you know? Two months from Kilowatt, not much to say more than Lono Love. Thank you so much, Kilowatt. I appreciate that very, very much. Um... I have to kill two taken enemies. And then I'm basically done with Dreaming City. Kamikaze, any idea what the extra milestone season pass holders uh, will have? Uh, What extra milestones will they get? I have no idea. I I don't know if they're going to have even extra milestones. I don't know. Uh, So... Transferring your strongest weapons off one character to another does help. Well, sure it does help, but you do, do you do that, then you do bigs? Like, I don't honestly know. Five moans from Ghost Rider. Thank you so much. Ghost Rider. Um, is there anybody in my clan that needs to do blind well? Because uh, I need to do uh, a Nightfall, Lost Sectors, and blind well with clanmates. If you're in Rageous Amalon, just join me, and uh, we'll do those things while I'm doing the talk. So, I don't know if we're getting any new milestones. Maybe they'll have milestones tied to the, the forges. Um, so. Okay, Valiant needs it. Okay. I'll just head to the blind well now and we'll pray we get matched with folks. Uh, the Saving Annihilator. Do you think players should be able to prestige their masterwork weapons to allow them to get a different masterwork upgrade? Or would that discourage the loot grind and thus lessen the content we want to play? I could get behind this and I'll tell you why. Uh, Getting the right roll on a gun can take a really, really long time. Uh, It can take a really, really long time. And when you finally get the roll you want, like you you finally get the roll on a Warden's Law that you want, but it has stability and you want range, I could get behind saying, man, it took a really long time to get the roll that I want. At least let me, like, spend the resources to change the masterwork. Um, so they said in the TWAB there'll be new ways to level. Well, there you go. Uh, Fallout plays at a YouTube has gameplay on the Lost Forges activity. Uh, cool. So I would be okay with this changing the masterwork of a gun by, you know, like you're saying, prestiging it or something. Blue Dragon, do you think PvP balance keeps Bungie from making cool PvE weapons? Yeah, I mean, I just was ranting about that. It 100% does limit the creativity. Nova Hands, hey Lono, since this is a new style of DLC from Bungie, are you at all concerned with their idea of the pacing and depth of this content over the next three months? Do you think they've got a good feel about the substantial, uh, about what we find substantial and satisfying? Well, I mean, to a certain degree, we're always going to run out of content, right? We're always going to run out of content. The question, there's two questions. How fast do we run out of content? And is the means by which we run out of content enjoyable, right? If you're just playing through Curse of Osiris, and then we kind of grinded for the for the forge weapons, and then we're done, the enjoyment level wasn't that good. And, and oh, I didn't switch back to America. All right, hang on, let me do that now. Uh, 
the the enjoyment level the enjoyment level wasn't good and and you were dealing with uh, people feeling like there wasn't anything to do either. So you kind of got hit from both ends on those uh, on those you know pieces of content. It was like not that enjoyable while you're doing it, and then once you're done, you were kind of like. Man, the, there wasn't even that much to do either. Like, you get done very quickly. So, if Black Armory lands and we're having fun, if the new content's good, the new raid is good, the new forge is good, if all that's good and we have stuff to grind for because of random rolls and they're kind of staggering the forges and they're staggering the things uh, that we can do. You're hearing the gameplay music right now because I had to reset the game. Um, then... It, you know, it could it could really last a long time, and I think people could say, yeah, it was worth it. It was good. You know, $10? I happen to think we're going to feel like we got better content for $10 than we got for the 20 or the 30 that we got from Curse of Osiris. So, Death Starfish says, uh, Morning Lono, I often find myself reminiscing on the intellect, discipline, and strength builds Um from D1. I find the new builds a little bland and not really sure how effective they are. Just want to know what your thoughts are. Uh, let's see. Intellect, discipline, and strength. So, intellect affected your super, discipline affected your your grenades coming back, and strength affected your melee coming back. And now, instead of that, we have, you know, default times that can then be manipulated with, with gear, right? You can get your class ability to come back with, you know, things like you know, dynamo and other things of that nature. Uh, and you can get, you know, other, other perks to make you feel like there is a reason, uh, there's a reason to, you know, to run the the gear or whatever. So I would say, um, what are we running here? I'm not running a Genesis Badlander. All right. Let me, if we're going to do blind, well, let me get the, let me get EP shoddy. Then we might as well. Uh, run the uh, run the big boy because I don't even have the right badlander on. Uh, so I'm I'm fine with how things turned out. Uh, I'm fine with how things turned out. I'm not sitting here like reminiscing about intellect, discipline, and strength because, like, I'll give you an example. Okay, when I run knife trick with Ophidia space and I have hands on on my helmet for my hunter way of a thousand cuts. I freaking love that. It's super fun. I always have my knives. They're constantly coming back because I'm using abilities and I'm using armor to constantly feed me my knives back. And those knives pair with hands-on on the helmet and that gives me super energy. Super, super fun, right? And then running that too, running running that with uh, Shards of Galanor instead of Ophidia's Faith is also really fun because now, now I'm, now I'm uh, you know, feeding feeding the ability to uh, constantly, you know, have my super energy up and, you know, as I'm using the, you know, the blades and the dodge, I'm feeding my super energy and shards feeds itself too. Like, I don't know. I like where things are at right now. I feel like you use perks and abilities within themselves. And here's the thing. You play in a way where you get your grenades and your melee back, right? If you run the right gear and you run the right build, you're playing in a way and a style that feeds those things instead of being like, oh, well, I've got good gear with discipline, strength, and everything else, so now I get my melees and I get my my grenades back quickly. I don't know. I kind of like where things are with feeling like if I play knife trick and way of a thousand cuts in a certain way, uh, I get them them back, you know, quickly. 
And we are uh, just down to two more questions. I don't know if anybody wants to submit a question. Now's the time because we are down to just two left. That's totally fine. Sometimes Q&A goes a little bit faster than other days, especially when we do it this late. Uh, in the day. Duplis, not really a D2 related question. We'd we be streaming the Game Awards. Also, what do you think will win Game of the Year? Um, Red Dead is probably going to take Game of the Year because of the size, the scope, the storytelling, the voice acting, the score, uh, what they're attempting to do with the open world. Now, online's a bit of a black eye right now, Red Dead Online, but I think a lot of the votes have been already kind of put in and tallied uh, I think Red Dead's going to take it. God of War and Spider-Man are close seconds, honestly. They were fantastic games that were brilliantly done, both with respect to storytelling, voice acting, gameplay, uh, and size of the game. Those were very, very good games as well. So, But I do think Red Dead is going to take it. I think Red Dead hits a couple of markers uh, that the other games just kind of don't necessarily hit. Like, I don't know if anybody's going to play Spider-Man or God of War and be like, this is an unprecedented action-adventure game. You know, Spider-Man's one of the best action-adventure superhero games you can play in existence, but um, I don't think that that means it's going to win Game of the Year over Red Dead. So... Uh, Jake Honeycutt, how do you feel about a classification of weapons that bans them from Crucible? That way Bungie can go crazy with perks. You don't even need to do this. You don't need to split the game that sharply. Because I know if they split the game that sharply, that like psychologically really doubles down on people's feeling that like, there's no reason for me to play one side of the game or the other. They want the game to be, you know, as unified as possible. I think given that, given that reality, I think the best thing to do is have perks and archetypes of guns that are clearly built for PvE, right? A shotgun with Genesis and Trench Barrel is 100% built for PvE. You're not going to be worried about proccing Trench Barrel in Crucible. Genesis doesn't do anything for you in Crucible. So that, I think, is when you get to a place where things are functioning as they should. The weapon is suited for its context and you go and grind for it. That's why the loaded question fusion feels really weird right now. Like people are using it with the right perks and stuff in Crucible because that extra damage and explosion and stuff is really nice on the fusion, even though the charge time, I still think the charge time is going to make that gun hard to get its footing in Crucible for most players. But that's why the loaded question doesn't make any sense like even at its best it still seems like something you'd mainly try to use in crucible with the right perks and really try and play you know kind of a passive or whatever so tribal with the next question do you think the raid will have its own weapons or will the loot pool be split between the forges well apparently it only has apparently it's been data mine and i don't really like to trust data mines uh i'm not a big like let's trust data mines guy because uh, they've been wrong before, dubious volley, you know, and the like, where they data mine something that gets shelved or is placeholder or whatever. Uh, just like with the black weapons, like, there's no way to know if that was a placeholder. Um, so the fact that we've had it, people say it's been data mined, there's only four weapons in the raid. Um, that's disappointing because that does tell me they're, you know, if they're only giving you four weapons, that's a lot of weapons that aren't showing up. Now, they could stagger other weapons in the raid layer for future content. They could say, well, here um, we're going to do, you know, we're going to do this and this and this, and then we're going to add new guns and reasons to go back into the raid layer. If they do that, I'm okay with it because that's just staggering relevancy. But if the raid layer forever 
I'm sorry, it's not a raid layer. I'm calling it a raid layer, and they said it's not a raid. Uh, it's not a raid layer. I'm sorry, it's a raid. It's a raid in between the size of Crota and Last Wish. Like, if it's a raid in between the size of Crota and Last Wish, that just feels weird to me to be like, yeah, there's only four guns. I don't know. That's just odd to me. I would hope maybe they do something in the future to say, well, you know, since there was only four guns, we've got this new thing now as a reason to go back into uh, the raid, the scourge of the past or whatever it's called. Uh, and we're going to get, you know, we're going to get you guys in there and get you some dope, uh, dope new guns. I'd be more inclined to support the decision then uh, than it was just like, a, oh, hey, there's four weapons and that's it. Oh, next raid, same thing. Four weapons and that's it. Uh, that's just, I, that's extremely disappointing. Having a, a loot pool in raids is key, I think, to them feeling worth running. Now, obviously, if the guns are really cool and they have cool perks, then it kind of doesn't matter. But, you know, they need to be, it needs to be worthwhile. Uh, so... And I think that makes it worthwhile. Swift Toasty. Hey, Lona, what's your favorite Destiny weapon of all time? Uh, it's always going to be the sleeper for me, I think. Just because, I don't know, it looked cool. It was cool. It sounded cool. The lore behind it is neat. You know, acquiring it was neat. Uh, it showed up at a time when endgame content was, for D1, endgame content was at its best at that point. Wrath of the Machine, it was immaculate and the uh, the Age of Triumph was really really good too and Sleeper just landed really like it was a really fun gun to have during that era uh, an army of potatoes says how do you feel about Season of the Drifter not having a raid or a raid layer do you feel there will be enough to keep us satisfied well given that uh, we've never gotten this much raid, con- until, ra- raid content until they tried it with Leviathan it's going to be the same amount of raid content as we got with Leviathan uh, and even that people complained about so I think this is going to be more since they're moving away from raid layers and they're moving to uh, slightly larger uh, slightly larger encounters uh, or experiences that are going to have, you know, a more drawn out uh, style. I, I I would think that that's going to feel like more. You know, you get two, uh, and then the you know, and then the the season of the drifter is going to add pinnacle experiences to Gambit, meaning you're probably going to feel uh, like you're you're going into endgame content. It's just going to be like Gambit instead. It's going to be called Pinnacle. So we're going to get in in many respects. We're going to be getting more uh, content, raid content than we ever have. Uh, and and you're going to be you're going to be getting you know the season of the Drifter. You're going to be getting extra endgame Pinnacle stuff as well. Um, did they change the uh, did they change Sentinel? I feel like I'm getting my throwing shield back. Uh, unnaturally fast. I feel like it's coming back right away. Am I picking up orbs or something? I'm not. I'm not sure what's doing it. I've okay. Now at that time I had to wait. That was weird. Maybe I was doing something that was giving it to me back fast. Oh, Harmony does all abilities. That's right. I thought Harmony just did super. Uh, eight Horcruxes. What's your opinion on the primary shotgun with trench barrel, like the new threat level shotgun shown off? I mean, that's something we've been asking for, uh, you know, to give us a reason to put away the Ikala shotgun. Um, it'd be a reason to run some of the new, uh, some of the new energy primaries that are out there, because uh, you could have like a nice kinetic, you know, trench barrel, 
trench barrel, shotgun. My only concern is that that's just going to continue the dominance of, uh, you know, high rate of fire shotguns. They're already the go-to. Uh, they're already the go-to. And I would prefer to see fusions and snipers given their time in the sun. So doing what, you know, doing another end game shotgun with trench barrel, uh, I think is problematic because it's just going to be one more. I just blew myself up on the rock. It's just going to be one more high rate of fire shotgun that dominates end game loadouts. Og sauce. Hey, Lono, at least we'll be able to use some of the energy primaries and not feel super nerfed. So that's a benefit. That's a benefit, but I would prefer them to go further with diversity and loadouts. Uh, hey, Lono, what's your take on, on having weapons be stuck on the class you acquire them on? Uh, weapons being stuck on the class you acquire them and not being able to transfer them between classes. That would be an enormous departure from Destiny's identity, and I would not support that idea at all. I would shoot that down with everything I've got. I don't think that would be a smart play uh, in the least. So, um, I would I, I would say no to this. I, I think you want people to be able to do that. Loyal AS44, uh, ASF44. Do you think Gambit should go on hiatus just like Trials and Rallies? Um, I need to do five lost sectors with a clanmate of Valiant. If you want to just, we can just run this one pretty fast. Um, I said that Gambit should go on hiatus this season and then come back with Season of the Drifter. I think they need to retool so much of Gambit that the game mode itself is going to suffer more by being in the mix. You've got people right now going for the breakneck, arguably one of the most fun and one of the best kinetic weapons uh, in the game. It's like a step below an exotic. It's really fun. Obviously, a really good hand cannon and you know, and other weapons that land in the uh, the kinetic slot can outshine it. But it it's not even it's a marginal. I think it can really really hold its own uh, as a kinetic weapon. So I would say. I would say everybody grinding for that that weapon, everybody grinding for this gambit weapon is is going to get, I think, a pretty bad taste in their mouth. A lot of solo queuing, a lot of people using macros, a lot of people not going for the win because they don't care. Uh, it should have maybe required moats to be banked, so at least you would have people in the mix that are playing the game mode right. Most people are just running around. Um, most people are just running around with auto rifles and ignoring all of uh, the mechanics in the game, and I think that is unfortunate. Um, but at the same time, you know, the game mode, at least people are playing and just playing to have fun and get the thing completed. They're not playing, you know, obviously people are sweating this week because of the meatball, uh, so, it, you know, it can get pretty sweaty in there. I just I just feel like there's so many foundational flaws with the design, with Invasion. Uh, there's foundational flaws with... Um, the boss fights because they don't the, the best boss fight is the meatball um, so in my mind I don't think they can fix this stuff on the fly I think it's got to kind of go back to the drawing board instead of just every every couple of months or so you're gonna what we, we, is, is this is this gonna be this the never-ending source of nerfs you know we got we're get, we got uh, we got you know sleeper nerfed what you know what's up next what's up next for getting nerfed you know what's the what's the next thing on the docket that's going to get nerfed and that would be my concern that hot shot what do you think about the exotic sniper being a primary 
Uh, I think Bungie, in this respect, I think sometimes Bungie knows what they're doing. I think they know what they're doing across the board. I don't want to mean to make it sound like I, you know, I can rarely say that. I think they know what they're doing. I think they're taking a powerful weapon and they're slapping in a slot where um, this is probably the slowest lost sector farm in existence. Uh, but that's fine. It gives us something to do while I'm talking. So they're trying to limit, you know, they're trying to limit what, you know, what kind of a loadout you can have. Because if you run that, and then you try to run another exotic, number one, you can't. But they're also limiting, you know, how how well it could run with, you know, some of the other really strong kinetics in the game. I also think they're kind of capitulating the people with Not Forgotten's and uh, Luna's. They're saying, oh, you know, you're going to be able to have that in your energy slot while this thing's in your kinetic though one man army hey Lono do uh, I know you say that you want the devs to keep the game in the lane of destiny uh, but don't you think certain a point we need to make big changes to get out of the pendulum of issues well the pendulum issue comes in PVE and PVP because they're like let's make this weapon strong and then they swing it back the other direction because they're like you know, oh well when they made like for example when they made auto rifles and hand cannons weaker in D1 it just opened up the mid range and everybody just started charging in with shotguns right so hand cannons and auto rifles went from being a great and a dominant force in the crucible to being almost non-existent that's what I mean by pendulum swing right I don't think leaving the lane of destiny with some of the ideas that people put forward I don't think that's going to solve the problem at all most of the time when I say that, it's because someone's suggesting an idea like ship battles or like the person that was like, don't let us move guns across characters. I mean, all you're doing then is frustrating the player. Well, I got this gun that I really like, but I got it on my warlock. So now I got to try and go find this same exact gun on all of my characters. I just don't think that's kind of that kind of that's just annoying for the player and is not necessary. Uh, FWC Guardian. Lono, if Black Armory flops like Curse, do you think the community could recover? I mean, at this point, I don't think it's going to flop. I don't think this game can die. Uh, I think a lot of times when people use terms like, can the community recover? The question I would say is, recover to what and from what? You know? are they Are they actually going to be... Excuse me. Are they actually going to be, you know, losing players at a rapid rate because it's not good? Are they losing players now, right? Like, for whatever reason, last week, midweek, we had really low numbers. Could have been because of the maintenance. Could have been because of the really sizable patch. Like, a lot of people just couldn't play that day because they're, you know, they're downloading uh, the patch or whatever. Um, but the, the, the Forsaken era really brought things forward like everybody really feels like there's a lot to do, there's a lot of reasons to grind so I don't think they've had this huge deficit of players, now having said that, if a lot of players are like kind of on the bubble of like I'm ready to take a break, I'm so glad that the annual pass content is here, they might be like eh, this isn't very good, like your, your question posits like what if it's a flop right? Well, I mean, if it's a quote-unquote flop, then a lot of those players that are sort of like on the fence, just now coming back, you know, oh, I've I've not been playing in a while. This looks pretty good. If they come back and it flops, then yeah, obviously you're gonna you're gonna have you know player loss. Could it recover? 
I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I don't like answering questions like this because you're asking me to speculate on what's almost impossible to speculate on. I mean, and I don't know what you mean by recover. I don't know what you mean by like, what would the, what would we lose? What would we need to gain back? It's just it's just too nebulous to get my you know my my hands around as a as a subject. I'm that dude. Why do you think Bungie isn't nerfing things like One Eyed Mask? Are they purposely leaving OP things for the power fantasy? I mean, I don't know if it's for the power fantasy, but I'm just saying. Like I just said a little bit ago, I just think that's destiny. I just think that is destiny. The, the the imbalanced wild wild west crucible, never quite, you know, never quite a settled crucible. I just feel like that's destiny always. Um so Oh, we need to do another blind well. I'm dumb. Uh, F and Alpha says, Hey Lono, do you hope to see some unique weapon quests like the Outbreak Prime? I feel a majority of the exotic quests are babyfied and miss the thrill of accomplishing a cool quest. I mean, I would like to see more things like what they did with with Outbreak. Um, I don't think they're going to. I mean, Whisper was actually really, really close, so they could. I mean, they could do another quest like that. A surprise quest. It's difficult. It's challenging mini raid nobody knows what the heck's going on nobody knows what to do uh you know puzzle solving as a community they could definitely do that uh again something like that like an exotic that is only obtained through those kind of means tribal how do you feel about the roadmap ahead and having exclusive exotic quests uh for only annual pass holders um i'm i'm totally fine with it uh again if you're, if you're not going to, um, if you're not going to give us exotics because we're paying money because you're worried about the people that aren't paying money, I'm gonna say the same thing I said a little while ago. Bungie can't legislate content to people that aren't spending money. Like, like you have to give quality and value to the people spending money. You just do. Uh, that's that's highly highly important. Highly important. So, uh, Johnny says, "What catalyst would you like to see on your favorite Forsaken weapons?" I mean, obviously, we want to see for you know catalysts on uh, the exotics we've got now. It'd be cool. I said this morning, it'd be cool to get a catalyst for the one K that made the mag bigger. Um, you know, because of the because of the nature of how you know you only get like what seven shots, and you can get eight if you run. Uh, you get eight if you run the right perks, right? Two mags. So it'd be cool if you get a catalyst for the the one K voices that gives you like an extra magazine. Um, I think that would be good. Sorry, I'm trying to reply to this sponsored email and I'm dropping my phone. Um, so that would be the one that I would pick. Give me something for the one K voices. Give me an extra mag. Uh, I don't know if there's any new catalyst rolling out or not. I'm just like saying that's one that I would like. Swift Toasty, new to Forsaken. What should I spend my time? Uh, where should I spend my time after the story? Uh, go to the content that you're enjoying. Uh, if you're enjoying doing milestones, if you're enjoying Gambit, if you're enjoying Crucible, if you're enjoying Strikes, just do whatever you're enjoying. Just go where the milestones are. Go where the little uh, yellow circles are. Um, Mario Espo says, for Gambit, do you think One-Eyed Mask or Hollowed Fire would be better for a solo titan? Solar Titan. Um, Hollow Fire Heart's going to enable you to be a whole lot more aggressive, especially if you're holding on to your super all the way until you get to the plate. 
Um, I would worry that Hollow Fire Heart would make you hold on to your super um, maybe times where you should just use it. Uh, you know? I don't know. Because in my mind, you're usually, you usually get your super around the time that you're heading toward the last... Your, your, you know, the last section, and then and then you're going to the plate, and then you pop your hammers for the envoys, so you're going to lose the hollow fire benefit, like it only benefits you if you're holding on to your super, uh, one-eyed mask keeps me alive a lot in Gambit when I run my titan uh, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I, I can play a little reckless with one-eyed mask so I would, I would probably lean towards one-eyed mask, just because of how I know the rhythm the rhythm of how the hammer's uh, super shows up, you're not going to benefit that often from Hollow Fireheart. You're not going to be holding on to your super. And if you are, for what benefit? You get like your melee and your nades back faster? Uh, you're not really using your melee and your nades that much. You're melting point, melting, and then going to the next round. Um, you're not like having multiple opportunities for melting point, so... Uh, Jolly Rancher Commander, that's a cool name. Do you think having a single weapon each type gear perks for pvp and not allowing anything outside of that help pvp you think having a single weapon each type gear perks for pvp and not allowing anything outside of that you need to rewrite your question uh with the new bow from jd gamer with the new bow coming out uh the exotic one and rumors saying it will be a one-hit headshot what are your thoughts on it you'd have to have the draw time be long enough to make it feel like a mini sniper um, you would want it to feel like a miniature sniper. Um, cause if not, if not, then my concern would be you're going, uh, you're going to, you're going to run into it being too easy to use and having too much damage. Cause if you can just one shot people, uh, I'm going to load us up an arc, an arc burn nightfall guys, an arc burn heavyweight nightfall. So get your thunder Lords. Uh, if you're if you're using a bow, I'm trying to think. If you're using a bow in PvP and you're one-shotting, you would need it to be attached to skill. Um, is how is how I would want to phrase it. You would want it to be attached to skill. You wouldn't want people just sort of constantly just draw time one shot, draw time one shot. Um, I think bow with the proper draw time should be a one-hit kill. Right. Again, the problem is going to be fire rate and ammo um fire weight fire rate and ammo is going to be the main issue that i think would make you really really not want to have a one-shot bow in there potentially potentially um so because whenever you're whenever you're going into the crucible and you're giving people the ability to hit like one-shot kills uh i always 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 think to myself Okay, is there going to be risk reward attached to this? Okay, if there's not risk reward attached to it, then you know how's it going to play out? How's it going to play out in the grand scheme? Right? Can we hit a flag first? Sorry, uh, you know because there's there's risk reward involved with uh, there's risk reward involved with shotguns. You got to get close. Not a lot of ammo. There's risk reward involved with snipers. You got to kind of hold the lane. You kind of expose yourself for a while. The problem with bows is that you can kind of draw, step into the lane, let go. Draw, step into the lane, let go. And that ease of use is is so passive-aggressive is the phrase I guess I would want to use for it. You're combining aggression with passivity 
in a way that might make a one-hit bow an absolute nightmare to play against. Because if people just sit on lanes and do that, like drop, drop, and they're just launching shots down the lane, and they're barely peeking, I think that could turn into an absolute nightmare with respect to a one-hit kill weapon. And, again, what are you going to do about ammo? It would have to be a, 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 a type where ammo was limited because you'd spam the frick out of that. I mean, it would just be unbelievable. So, uh, Mano Bane says, Would you like to see the API updated for raid stats uh, so we can see more depth stats after raids? Oh, yeah, like damage and stuff. I've never understood why we can't get a raid report at the end of a raid. You give me a report at the end of a strike. You give me a report at the end of an of a of a crucible match. Like I should be able to end a raid and see each encounter and what everybody contributed, their deaths, their 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 damage, all of that, all of that. I, that that should just be in the game after you get out. And then maybe then feed that info to an API if you if you don't check it right then and there, you can check it later. Uh, F and Alpha says, "Do you think Bungie can differentiate specs on weapons between PvP and PVE? That would help with all the nerfing." Well, I think what you mean is like you're talking about stats, right? So, like a weapon would be a lot stronger um, in PvP, maybe versus PVE, if used properly, and vice versa. I think they've done this before. I just don't think they particularly like doing it. I don't think they like taking a weapon and giving it a buff or a nerf in one side. No, I'm not farming Warden's Law. I'm literally doing this for the uh, a clan bounty because I'm playing with clan members. Um, so you know, I, that would be that would always be one of my concerns is that you're splitting the game so sharply that it you end up with depreciating returns because people just feel like there's no use going after certain weapons or certain things, you know, or, or, or a weapon's completely useless after they do something to it in crucible. So like you're enjoying a weapon, you grind it for it in a nightfall. It's really, really solid and you're enjoying yourself and they nerf it in PVP, but not in PVE. Now, obviously that's needed if the weapon's problematic OP and it needs adjusted, but I don't think Bungie likes doing it, so I don't think we're going to see a lot of that, to be honest. I think you're going to see less and less tweaks on one side of the game. They can if need be, but I don't think they're going to do it all that often. Uh, Skadoosh Bag says, Do you think we'll ever go back to the D1 Crucible system where you load up power weapons? Uh, I'm sick of shotgun meta Crucible going on in D2. Uh, I don't think the Crucible meta is going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, I happen to think that the shotgun meta is one that the community at large enjoys. You may you may think it's terrible, uh, but in general, I think the the player base at large loves the shotgun meta. It's a low floor, is an incredibly low floor. Anybody can get out a shotgun and run around and ape and get some pretty good some pretty good kills at a pretty good. Uh, and regular tick and I don't think you're going to see it go away high level players like it if you know if you're loomy and you can really get in there and become an artist with a shotgun you're going to like it you know I, I don't think the high level players tend to complain about shotguns all that much and I think low low tier players don't complain about them that much either because I think low tier players know they're like I can go in and I can get kills relatively easily and it's not that difficult 
uh, I happen to think that they like it. Given that reality, I don't think the shotgun meta is going away anytime soon. I think it's gonna. I think it's here uh, for a while. Um, so buckle up and figure out which shotgun you like and try to use it, or you know, try some of the stats. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Telesto's worse than shotguns. Like, I, if you're running into shotguns, count your lucky stars, because running into servers full of people with Telesto's gotta be infuriating. Uh, that thing can kill one hit kill from a much further distance than a shotgun uh, and whole lot easier uh, whole lot easier swift toasty uh, why don't you turn in your bounties I'm sure there's a good reason I am stacking bounties for tomorrow I'll turn in all the bounties and I'll get Ikora's milestone very easily and very quickly so then I can pivot to other activities clan bounties as well I'll be able to turn in and get the clan engram a whole lot easier so then I can focus on other milestones I can focus on things like the raid uh, as well as other activities instead of doing bounties and things like this uh, K the seventh. What is the meaning uh, of the title? Are you going? Uh, do have you played the forges? No, we talked about the Black Armory forges from the announcement at Bungie. We we kind of like talked through what they said, what it's going to look like. I talked about my hopes, things that I want to see in there, and how I would like it to work, and the fact that it has matchmaking. Jolly Rancher Commander says, would having. Uh, PvP gear sets and only allowing the PvP setting Crucible help with other balancing issues. Okay, this is what you were trying to ask with your earlier question. I'm sorry, it was like, if a question's poorly worded and I read it a couple times and don't get it, I tend to just go move on. And sometimes chat can figure it out, because I can be a dum-dum sometimes and misread the question. So this is what you were trying to ask earlier. Okay. So, PvP gear sets that are only allowed uh, in Crucible. I don't really see why you would limit it on this end. I would think you'd want to limit the other side. You'd want to limit the other side. Like, if a PvE set, you know, is like, let's say there's a raid set, and that set creates all these cool things that you can do with reload and ammo consumption and, you know, damage, etc., blah, 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 blah. And then they say, oh, you can't wear that armor set in the Crucible. Like, would that help, you know, Bungie um, create, you know, cool stuff? Well, sure, but they don't want to do that. I mean, they've made that pretty clear. They do not want to do this thing where they limit your freedom. Bungie absolutely doesn't want to say, hey, you got this great raid set, and uh, you can't take it into Crucible. Um, they they don't want to do that. That's, that's limiting your freedom. They didn't even want to do raid perks because they feel like that limits your freedom because then they feel like, oh, I have to run the raid armor in the raid. Like, that's, that's freaking gun-shy, in my opinion. I mean, you talk about being gun-shy. Like, they don't want to put perks on the freaking armor because then you're going to have to wear the armor in the raid. You're going to feel like you have to wear I don't think they're going to ever restrict gun, guns or armor like that, ever. I think it's a whole lot easier, as I said, uh, I answered somebody's question like this a little bit ago. I think it's a whole lot easier to create perks that are clearly meant for PvE and clearly meant for Crucible right? Genesis and Trench Barrel are clearly not meant for the Crucible. You're not, you're not busting elemental shields in the Crucible. You're not, uh, you're not meleeing somebody before you shotgun, right? You might shotgun then melee in that order, doing the big damage on the front end and then following it up with what, you know, you might need a little bit, uh, of damage to follow it up. Like that, those perks are clearly bent, uh, for PvE. 
And I think that that's totally fine and well and good. And I think that's better than saying, hey, this gear, gun, armor set, whatever that you, you know, you grinded really hard for, you are not allowed to take it into this area, right? I don't think that's the, I don't think that's the pivot. I think that just ends up making people feel like, like they said, like their freedom is restricted. I'd rather them just invest in perks that are clearly meant for one side. How do you feel about players uh, without the annual pass getting a light level increase? I actually talked about, I should probably talk about this in another video. I think this is brilliant. It's brilliant, right? It's a reason for everybody to come back, and it's a free reason to come back. They come back, they've got three pinnacle weapons they can grind for that are free, that don't cost them money. It's just part of being a player of Destiny. You can grind for the loaded question, you can grind for the breakneck, uh, and uh, you know, of uh, and then the mountaintop, right? And and on top of that, you got a power level grind. Power level grind's not content. Okay, well, you come back. You get your power level grind on, you go for those three pinnacle weapons, and you want more? Here's the annual pass. It's a smart, smart way to get bring everybody back, fill the funnel full of interested and intrigued players, and they're like, yeah, I'll buy the annual pass, I'm having fun. These grinds and these guns are pretty dope, and that Black Armory stuff sounds pretty awesome. Um, I think it's a very smart play by Bungie. It's unprecedented. They've never given a power level or light level bump away for free. Um, not that I remember. I mean, maybe they did... I don't know with Age of Triumph or the April update or anything like that. April update made leveling up faster because it had one-to-one infusion, and I think Age of Triumph... I don't know if Age of Triumph added uh, added a light level bump. I can't remember. In any case, I think it's really smart, and in some respects, unprecedented. Uh, F and Alpha uh, says, What new exotic are you most looking forward to and why? Um... Since I had the idea of a grenade launcher putting chain lightning on the ground, I'm actually really anxious to see if the grenade launcher is viable because it'd be fun to have a grenade launcher, you know, unseat Thunderlord, unseat 1K voices. That would be kind of fun. Um, I don't know what kind of direct impact damage it's going to do, and I don't know what kind of sustained damage it could do on a nightfall like this with arc damage. If we surround the boss with grenades, could it do nutty, insane damage the way that Thunderlord gets to kind of do, you know, kind of nutty and insane damage? I don't know. And everybody cross your fingers for a Accurized Rounds uh, Feeding Frenzy Rampage with Range Masterwork, Warden's Law. Right now, give it to me. Ruku says, do you think Bungie should do something with Year 1 armor and how it's useless? Mostly looking at planetary vendors and how their existence is pointless. I still don't know why they didn't lean into those vendors and give them new stuff. I genuinely don't get it. I I don't understand. Just suddenly give all their loot random rolls. If you do that, then suddenly you've got a reason to go and grind that planet, maybe. Go and get that full armor set that you really liked from, you know, Mars or Nessus or wherever. And we know the cosmetic team can roll out really cool looking stuff. So why in the blue frick are you not doing it? Like, I don't understand the logic. I don't understand the reason as to why they didn't do that. Maybe they're saving it for later. Skadooshbag says, what if they made armor have two sets of perks, one that activated in Crucible and one that activated in PvE? Okay, so this is in line with an idea that Mike, 30 and so gaming, has put out many times. Mike's put this idea out a handful of times. Have separate perk trees on guns and armor, one for PvP, one for PvE. Okay. I'm not going to say it's a bad idea. Because I do think it has potential. Uh, I do think it has potential. However, um, I happen to think 
that you're you're gonna you're gonna create I think maybe two more depth than it's than it's worth more depth than it's worth because if you're if you're going into content and you're feeling like you have to basically check double rolls every time oh that's more content Lono that's more stuff to do sure uh, sure but you're <laughs> You're going to be grinding for two rolls all the time then, or only considering one roll. Like, well, I got a great PVP roll, but I got a, I got, I got a, I got a great PVP roll, but I got a bad PVE roll. Um, I don't know why it's not letting me go down to the planet. I cannot believe they haven't fricking patched this yet, dude. Like, I cannot click the launch button. Like, there. How is that a thing that happens? Uh, I. So part of me is like, oh, that sounds great. Uh, I didn't get a good Warden's Law for PvE, but man, this might be saucy in PvP. Let me go try it out. There's potential here. I just don't think they're ever going to do it because, again, I think this grates against the identity that they've given Destiny. Uh, Scam Jones. Have they said anything about new exotic armor? Not sure if this was mentioned. Um, No, they haven't. I don't think we're getting any. Last question from DJ May 88 Do you feel that they should update the older season weapons and armor and bring them into the new seasons? Okay, I said yes to the armor. Obviously, the weapons pose a problem, right? If you can suddenly grind for uh, a, you know, you can suddenly grind for a midnight coup that could roll better and then get perks and mods on it and get ram the new, you could put the new rampage extender uh, on it. You know, that's a new thing, right? That's a new perk. Bigger dragonfly, rampage extender, all this stuff. I just feel like you're going to swing everybody right back to the god roll gear from the beginning, right? Like, I don't know. I'm okay with armor suddenly getting that treatment because armor is more about, I really want a pair of gauntlets that have hand cannon reloader, and I think these gauntlets look cool. So it's kind of a multifaceted farm, right? You're like, I want to get these gauntlets from, you know, Nessus, and then I want to get, you know, hand cannon loader on them. There's like a double, there's like a double intentionality there. Um, but as far as like bringing back all those old weapons, Midnight Coup and the like, and, and, and giving us the ability, you know, to have all that relevancy kind of re-injected. I don't know. I just think that's risky. I just think that's really, really risky. Uh, I'm going to the wrong one. I'm having trouble here with reading the freaking map. Um, we have one in Artifacts Edge. Oh, I'm not. I'm, that's not what I'm coming to do. I'm coming to do the the bounty. This guy. So I'll let you guys kill it, and then I'll pull this. I'll pull the ripcord on the Arcadian cord. Uh, this is a wanted bounty for what's his face. So th- there's a ceiling on what they can do within each archetype, right? There's a, there's a ceiling on what they can do within certain archetypes. And so if they start bringing back old archetypes, you're going to compound the problem of people not using new gear. Right? People not using new gear. Uh, One Man Army says, More of a statement. I think the fact that we still go to the planet vendors and get their gear uh, that doesn't have the perks we need sets up for an awesome transmog system just for armor. I could get okay with this, but I don't want transmog to be possible on certain armor. Raid armor, trials, if trials comes back, trials armor, stuff like that, um, I think would be 
a better you, you those those need those need to be uh those need to be pulling and looking like their place of origin right so uh, I'm not going to take any more questions. The next one's really, really generic. How do I improve Lost Extras, Public Events, and Strikes? That's just way too generic. And I've got tons of content already on that. They've already done a lot of good things to improve Lost Sectors, like what I'm about to do right now. Wanted, you know, wanted Lost Sectors. Uh, public Events, obviously, you could go maybe a step higher in difficulty and do, like, Prestige or Hardened versions, like, go beyond what we do typically when we make them heroic. And then Strikes. Strikes need tons of help, and I don't want to get into that right now, but they do need tons of help. There's not a real reason to run Strikes outside of Milestones. So... I'm going to continue streaming. I am not shutting down. I'm going to continue streaming, but I'm going to chop the podcast here. And I'm going to say, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live twitch.tv slash say no to rage or follow me on Twitter at say no to rage. As with all of my content, I appreciate you listening or watching. Please like, share, and subscribe.